Welcome to the Dollars and Cents Radio Show with your host, accountant and author Carol Topp, the homeschool CPA. Carol takes confusing topics such as money and business and puts them into clear English. She's ready to share her knowledge with you on today's show. Hi, everybody. This is Carol Topp, the host of the Dollars and Cents Show with another episode of the Homeschool CPA Podcast. So this is a part two of a two-part podcast series. I am talking to Melissa Robb, who has a heart for military families, and she volunteers as a homeschool liaison to the military installation near her home in Newport, Rhode Island. And uh, you'll, you can hear Melissa talk about her passion and how she got involved in helping military families um, understand the homeschooling laws in her area. But we also are joined by Pamela Martin, who is the school liaison officer at the Newport Naval Base there in Rhode Island. And um, I'm anxious to talk to Pamela and understand about how you as the, the civilian school liaison officer, or what you call the SLO, works with Melissa, the homeschool leader in her area, to help military families who are coming to Newport, Rhode Island, typically for a very short amount of time, to one year or less. And I, I think you, you offer quite a few things there as the school liaison officer. So, so Pamela, tell us about what you do to how to help homeschool families who are joining your local community, but, but more about how how a homeschool leader, how you work with Melissa, or how a homeschool leader could work with uh, a school liaison officer at their um, installation? Well, the role of a school liaison officer is to support the school choice of the military families assigned to their installation. So whether you're opting to homeschool, private school, public school, online, my job is to facilitate you, the military family, getting set up in that, that choice. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to the homeschool families, my job is to facilitate their choice to educate their children privately at home. And when mm -hmm. I first got this job, I knew the homeschool connection was one of the, the core functions I'd be expected to fulfill, and I panicked because I come mm -hmm. from a public school background, publicly educated, didn't homeschool my own three kids, and my education as an educator was all geared towards the public sector. That's how they educate sure. you nowadays. You know. So when I heard that my predecessor had finalized a relationship with a member of the homeschooling community locally who was willing to liaise with us, I was like a woman, a drowning woman getting a lifeline. The first mm -hmm. thing Melissa did was help me get a better understanding of where to find the resources, the rules, and regs about homeschooling because I have to know special ed law, I have to know homeschooling law, I have to know district regulations, and so she was a font of wisdom in that. And now it's just, we've really got a good system. If a family comes, they contact me, they're looking for information on homeschooling, and sometimes they do it sheepishly, like saying, uh, um, we, we actually homeschool, and they're saying yeah. it like, don't hate on me. <laughs> or, or don't think I'm weird. Yeah. Don't think I'm weird, don't discourage me. And I say, fabulous, have I got the resource for you. And then I copy Melissa on my response. I share with them all the mm -hmm. rules. I share with them flyers, co-op information, Facebook page content. And then I say, and if you really want to delve down and join in the community, Melissa can provide you with loads of options to jump in to the homeschooling pool here in Rhode Island. And military families will do that. They will jump right in. That's neat. So, Melissa, are you putting together all these lists of co-ops or Facebook pages or? 
Yeah, um, and I mostly update it annually. Once in a while I have to tweak it during the year, but mostly I do it once a year. And that's a good point because you would not want the slow to have that responsibility because as you know, as we all know, what there is locally is a moving target. Day-to-day, week-to-week, you know, it changes all the time. What classes are there? What groups are there? Who's open, you know, for um, new members, things like that. And no way would I expect a slow to be able to know that the local trampoline place has a homeschool day on Tuesdays. You know, yeah. so that's the <laughs> yes, yes. thing that's my yeah. job to um, keep track of and to just, we just update our, our, our handouts. And any military family who wants to homeschool, one of the troubles that they will face is there typically is not a stable military homeschool community. By its very nature, they're always moving. It's a ghost ship. Your military family who wants to homeschool almost has to make a connection with what we call the civilian sector because they're the ones who stay, who live in the same town near the base, K-12, to and build those processes and organizational structures and have the leadership structure where a military family has some place to go. If they just want to go to the military homeschool group, it could either not be there, it could be six right. months defunct, it could be in a building uh, kind of cycle, and they're not going to get the support to help them get started. So yeah. I like to go civilian because they're that there and they're, they're a stable presence rather than a constantly transitory organization. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. I can understand that. Uh, you also mentioned earlier, Pamela and maybe Melissa, you help with this, but you do typically in August as school is starting a, some sort of an annual welcome meeting for homeschoolers. Tell us about what you do there. Well, we book it third week of August, more or less, and I get the room, usually at one of the community centers in our military community here, and we put it out via all the typical platforms. And it's just an opportunity for the military homeschool family. It's not how to homeschool, because that would be as broad as it's long. It is, here is the lay of the land in Rhode Island around Naval Station Newport and locally. So a big component of that is going over the rules, going over what laws we have on the books, what is reasonable and unreasonable for the local districts to expect and demand to shore up the view that, you know, the law says this and they can ask no more. And then Mm -hmm. sharing a whole bunch of stuff about the local, the homeschooling days at the local art museum, the homeschooling days at the local um, maker's lab. The same stuff that every homeschool family wants to know, but it's all in one location geared toward the military family. And I think it's nice that they get to see each other. For some yeah. of them, um, some are families who are here for a second year. Maybe they already know each other, and maybe others are new, but they have already met. But there's a lot of people who are showing up for the first time. And when we say families, we're not talking about the whole family doesn't show up. This is mostly just the mom or the mom and the yeah. dad. Sure. Sure. And it's nice, sure. I think, just to get them in a room together mm-hmm. so they know each sure. other. And yeah. once they get together, they will seek each other out and form their own informal support groups. You only have sure. to meet once even if it's at the grocery store, and they will all of a sudden be having coffees twice a week and barbecues on Saturdays and planning field trips together. And um, there's a lot of talent in the military family community. So you'll see spouses who are opting to um, homeschool who 
speak other languages, have degrees in advanced subjects, are um, you know very yeah. prominent professional people who bring a lot to the homeschool community in terms of what they can offer. Absolutely, the group. and then they support each other a lot. Yes. Um, and yeah, I think just. So really, we're not telling them anything different than we couldn't have told them via email at the mm -hmm. annual meeting, but it just is nice to get them together. And the fact that we're meeting in a military building, once again, solidifies that the flow is supporting the homeschool community. And the legitimacy of what they are opting to do to, to educate their children. Yes. Very cool. Very, very, very cool. Good for you. So if a homeschool leader is listening to this podcast and they think, oh, my goodness, I've got some military folks in my community, military families coming and going. I mean, I'm in Cincinnati, but Wright-Patterson Air Force Base is less than 45 minutes away. How would I become Melissa to my community? How do I start finding somebody like you, Pamela, the school liaison officer? Melissa, I, you know, you shared a little bit in the previous episode how you, you tried and tried and tried to find a connection on base, but tell us what are the words, even just this, school liaison officer, someone might not even know how to find you or how to start. There is a school liaison mm -hmm. officer or its equivalent on every active duty installation worldwide, whether it's an Army, okay. Air Force, Marine, whatever. Now, it may not specifically be called the SLO or the school liaison officer. They may have a different acronym. Maybe it's the education officer. Maybe it's, you know, there may be a different name to it. But there is a website that details who the SLO is at this base. So if you're a Marine going mm -hmm. to Okinawa, you can find the SLO there. And I hand out the link in the website all the time. So okay. I would advise a homeschool leader to contact the school liaison of the nearest military installation, knowing that the school liaison officer's job is to facilitate the school choice of military families, no matter what their choice may be, and say, I'm here to help you connect with another subset of the people you are mandated to serve. And just yeah. plugging away. And, and, on the, and on the flip side, a school liaison officer should, if she doesn't already have a contact like Melissa, could contact a local homeschool leader just by Googling, I suppose, or the state or homeschool organization who sometimes has local reps. Some of them are organized by counties or something like that. Yeah, and I think the homeschool leader, you know, the first step is when they encounter military families, even if it's without the... Uh, intervention or the uh, facilitation by a school liaison is just be open to the friendship because the families here know that they're going to get their hearts broken every June because our families, mm -hmm. because we're on an academic mm -hmm. schedule because of the War College, they know that they're going to fall in love with this family, the kids are going to fall in love with the other children, um, you're going to become close, you're going to experience the, you know, the successes and, and challenges of the homeschool life, and then those families are going to be reassigned and they will leave and you'll be sad. Yeah. So yeah. some families, across the board, not just homeschooling, some families are like, oh, I, mm, they're really great, but oh, I don't want to get my heart broken. Right. So that's something no, that understand. all yeah. civilians have to overcome when welcoming military families of all kinds um, into, the, into the community. And so I always say it'll be paid back okay. tenfold. And if you want a free place to stay in Spain, maybe <laughs> <laughs> family. Well, and you... Yeah. You said earlier how these folks come with lots of skills, mm -hmm. and even if they're only here for a little while, they can have a, a tremendous positive influence on your co-op or on your homeschool group. So invite them and befriend them 
And even if they're only uh, what my pastor called friends of the road, they're friends for a little bit, they might become your friend for life. So, oh, and yeah, military dear, families dear homeschool leaders, yeah. of long-distance friendship. Yeah. If you were to call them and say, hey, we're going to be in Rota in 2020, be like, great, come on by. We're in, we're in Spain. We'll, you know, yeah. Look me up and yeah. be like you never left. And it's just a gift that keeps on giving, but you've got to take the leap. Definitely. But military families bloom where they're planted, so they jump all in. They don't hold back. In six months, it'll be like they've been there 10 years. Good. And that helps in a lot of ways. There was one other thing, Melissa, you touched on that you did as a way of making connections with the military, and that's through the Military Spouses Organization, which is which is usually on every installation as well. And you, you were telling me that you volunteer on a, a particular committee, a scholarship committee. Tell us a little bit about what you do and why you are on a military scholarship committee for military spouses. <laughs> no, it does sound um, unusual, and but I honestly I love it because it is very interesting uh, work, and it's uh, not a lot of work either. It's a few weeks of of work. Basically, these organizations uh, have a scholarship that they give every year to freshmen, so seniors moving to college. Military-affiliated. Right. Yes, military-affiliated. And then they also have uh, spouses can apply, and and people, if you're already in college and you're just going to the next year, that is called um, de- dependent. Dependent, yes. Mm-hmm. So they have three different categories. I don't know if they all have that. But anyway, I think the thought was that we, the first year there may have been a homeschooler who had applied, and they had obviously a very different application mm-hmm. than everybody else, mm-hmm. and the, mm-hmm. the committee just didn't know what to do with it. And I said, listen, folks, we need to call in an expert because – we want to judge this candidate on yeah. The, yeah. the merits as presented, even if the application doesn't look like everybody else. And, you know, a military kid's transcripts, they are soup to nuts. Mm. You could have four different high schools on this sure. kid's transcript, even if they've only gone typical public schooling. So I think I called you or emailed you, and Melissa was all in, anxious to, to assist mm. and also give folks perspectives on what is customary and typical in a homeschool high school progression right. and how those records might be kept and how they're assessed. Yeah. And one thing is Melissa built the spreadsheet that we use <laughs> to tabulate the scores. And long after you're mm-hmm. dead, we will still be using that because it does all the thinking for us, which is fantastic. It's your legacy, Melissa. Your legacy. <laughs> Of the other yeah. things, too, that I felt was um, helpful for the scholarship committee was that I could get the word out to the homeschoolers mm-hmm. that this scholarship oh, existed. And, you know, it's only for people in a certain radius, I think, of this base or however it's worded. Right. I think you have to be in Rhode Island. So I was yeah. able to spread the word through my mm-hmm. community, mm-hmm. And, and that was something they just didn't have access to. Right. Right. It is sure. a question of access. I mean, I can send out anything at any time to all the local, public, and private brick-and-mortar educational settings. But it's a lot harder to reach beyond that. It sure is. Homeschoolers are still very grassroots, sometimes on purpose, sometimes just because we don't have the the infrastructure like private and public schools. But it is sometimes very difficult to reach us. (laughs) Yeah, because we're very grassroots. So that's, that's a wonderful role that you, Melissa, have been playing. Or, you know, you could pass on 
some of the some of the jobs you do to other people, of course, as you, you know, if you decide to. But you know what I want to encourage is homeschool leaders to re-listen to this podcast. Go to your local homeschool group and say, what can we do to help the military families here? Can we make connections with our local school liaison officer, education officer, whatever? Can we uh, set up a welcome to homeschooling? event with them can we put together that list like melissa you mentioned here's the the list of homeschool groups and programs and activities and events and and give it to them help them out we will be blessed that's what i heard you say these homeschool families will dive wired in they make friends quickly and we'll have friends from all over the world in in a year fabulous Well, thank you, ladies. I appreciate so much you giving us an insight into the military homeschool families, what their needs are, how we as homeschool leaders can help them, and therefore uh, get them accurate information and help them in their continue to homeschool successfully. That's what it's all about. Thank you, Carol. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining the Dollars and Cents Radio Show with Carol Topp here at the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. For more helpful information, visit Carol at her website, homeschoolcpa.com.